0: So, my dad is a podiatrist. He's had his own practice for, for 30 years. And he wanted to do kind of just some, some marketing to kind of expand the, the people he was serving. And so we just started collecting emails from his patients and asked them to review him on a platform called HealthGrades, where you can like find doctors. And pretty quickly, we got him to one of the top reviewed and the most review doctors uh, in like podiatrists, doctors I think in general, in like a hundred mile radius. And I think that really like was a light bulb moment for me. And I was like really proud that I was able to help him with that. And also just like seeing the power of what you can do with just like a little bit of communication, a little bit of email was really, really cool.
1: This week on Inboxing, Avi Goldman, CEO and founder at Parcel, the editor for email developers. Welcome back to another episode of Inboxing. Uh, Inboxing is the podcast all about email marketing. Please welcome Avi Goldman.
0: Hey, Avi, hello. welcome Thanks to Inboxing. Thank you. Oh, happy sh- Monday.
1: Happy Monday. Yeah, Monday. It's actually, uh, we're both Jewish. Full disclosure: It's actually the Jewish holiday of Tu B'Shvat. It uh, just means the fifteenth day of Shvat, the Hebrew month of Shvat. But it's a day where we we call it the celebration of trees it's like arbor day i guess uh in the jewish tradition so uh yep happy Tu spot
0: <laughs> on the snowy the day not in, uh, time. In, yeah
1: in the in the dc right in israel where i am you know the song goes that the uh the almond trees are blooming and the truth is that it's rainy and cold outside it's been really rainy and cold but everything is green and lush and wildflowers are, are going wild and Trees are blooming, and uh, it's a nice time of year. A little jealous. So anyway, yeah. All right, well, let's jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, and how you ended up working in the email industry?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think it's a cliche at this point to say, like, I fell into email. But I fell into email when I met uh, SparkPost at a hackathon. I think it was in 2015 at University of Maryland Hackathon BitCamp. They were one of the sponsors there. They had internships. And I was like, oh, that seems cool. So I was just talking to the folks over at the booth, and they had a challenge, and I did it. And then I applied for the internship, and I got it, which was absolutely amazing. It was an amazing, amazing experience as an intern over there. And then I just kind of stuck around. They they couldn't get rid of me, so I stuck around. Um, They were really kind, got me a full-time offer as an engineer. From there, like I knew nothing about email, absolutely nothing, and got to learn a lot about technical side of how it worked. So I really didn't start on the marketing side. I started very much on the like deep in the weeds and then kind of moved the other direction. Because after I was an engineer there, I jumped into the marketing department as a developer advocate and got to run like a meetup out in San Francisco for, for email geeks and like meet a lot of people on the ground there and really get an understanding of all the different roles and different jobs that go into actually good email sending. And then after that, I moved back to the East Coast and worked as a product manager at SparkPost. So SparkPost was really a lot of my entire like email experience up to this point. So yeah, I've just kind of been learning along the way.
1: Right, so you're like a child of SparkPost. <laughs> uh, they really launched you. So did you, while you were in college, you were working for... Was it while you were in college you were, you were also working at SparkPost?
0: Yeah, so I actually, I did one semester of college and then did the internship over at SparkPost and then I left college to work full-time. So SparkPost was my college years for sure. I spent a lot of time so at the <laughs> University of Maryland hanging out with friends while while working full-time.
1: All right, Jay Oram is with us. It's really fun. Uh, he just says hi. <laughs> but, hi, Jay. Uh, yeah, it's great Yeah, uh, you know it's former guests getting, you know, what you know tuning in. That's it's really special. Yeah, it's funny. You came actually from the deliverabilities, you know, you are working for like one of the biggest right SMTP relays in the world, yep. right? Like where does SparkPost rank? Like for people who don't know, like what does Spark Post do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so Spark Post is an email delivery platform. So you should definitely check it out if you need to do sending. They also provide really powerful analytics. They have the biggest source of panel data at this point they have seed testing blacklist monitoring they do it all really and the, the core of the business has always been sending and so if you need to run either your own mta because you are at that size it's a great platform if you need to just relay your password reset through an api they've got that too so depending on how you measure it they're you know top three probably biggest sender in the world through all their platforms yeah.
1: That's pretty amazing,
0: and a lot. I'm sure yeah. a lot of
1: uh, what am I thinking? Uh, ESPs are probably back ended into uh, Spark post I mean, you know, probably yep. exactly which ones, <laughs> but uh,
0: there's definitely a few of them.
1: All right, so yeah, we didn't actually do this one. but what what is your biggest frustration? Like, how did you end up? I mean, we're getting there, but you know, yeah. how did you? When did you start doing any email development? Like, when did you realize like there was a need for better tools? Let's say, yeah,
0: yeah. So I think it was when I was a developer advocate and I was meeting people in the community at that hackathon and you know, just chatting with people online, getting in the email geek slack, which we should definitely talk about because that is one of the most amazing communities ever. And I started to just try to mess around with it myself. And I think that I just kind of got frustrated pretty quickly because email is complicated. Email is hard. Email takes kind of a lot of skill and passion, and patience. And I just couldn't get my tools the ones that I kind of expected to work, to work with email, right? Things that I was used to from the software engineering side, they just didn't transfer. Email broke them in weird ways. They didn't account for all the little quirks. You have ghost tables. You have all these other areas that you just don't deal with anywhere else. And so, yeah, I just kind of started messing around with it. And kind of, and just had fun with it. And so then, then got into just being like, well, maybe I can make something that uh, helps with these problems as I'm working on this. And then the idea was on a back burner for a few years there. Like it was like the spark was back then. And then I didn't really start looking at it until much more recently.
1: Like, okay. So then what, like, what was the tipping point? Like say, it was on the back burner. So was the tipping point that if I said like, okay, we got to start building, you know, what eventually became parcel. Like.
0: Yeah, so I, I left SparkPost end of twenty nineteen, beginning of twenty twenty, and at that point, right before COVID, I was like, you know what, I want to start a business. Like that was the goal. I wasn't sure what I wanted to work on. I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in email because I had been my whole career. So I started playing with some other ideas, doing you know consulting and contracting, just to kind of keep myself occupied. And I couldn't leave email. Um, I realized how much I like I loved the people and I loved the problem. And like the number of problems that there are, and interesting areas to work on. And so I was like, you know what, let's go back in that document of old ideas that I had written down. Started digging through it, and I was like, okay, that one because it kind of just aligned with the things of serving developers that I really love, serving you know the email community, and like creating something something new. So that um, it was July of 2020 when I kind of made the decision, like, hey, this is the thing I'm going to pursue. This is what I'm going to start building.
1: Wow. And then, so in July, like that was the decision. So how long did it finally take to actually get like an MVP? You know, MVP is, yeah. you know,
0: minimal viable product,
1: you know, that was parcel. You say, like,
0: so I think it was two months before I hit the point where I was using it more than my regular code editor for when I was building emails. And it was another month on top of that before I started like showing it to people and pulling people in, which is probably like too long to wait. But that that's thats what I did. And then got a ton of feedback from those early users. Absolutely amazing. Like Hundreds of people asked to get access and probably gave access to, I think, probably 20, 25 people. And just really got to, to get a lot of really good feedback and help steer the product in the right direction. And then another couple of months past that, I think, was when I moved into the open beta. So kind of opened it up for anyone to sign up, which is where we are right now. The parcel is still technically listed as in beta so yeah hopefully very very soon in the next few days um we'll be doing the v1 launch because functionality is there and product i think is is ready
1: wow wow that's that's really really exciting yeah. so like yes yeah, so, are like, ready to launch so from a zero to a hundred like
0: how much farther mm, do you think you could take this that is a good question there's always more to do right and it's interesting because like you know email is always moving right so the industry is moving. Email clients are moving. You know the expectations of like of subscribers. Like, so I don't think Parcel will ever be done. Done, but for right now, maybe 15, 20 percent of the way of kind of where I want Parcel to end up. There's still a lot to do. There's still a lot coming. All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. More right, to so do. So, what for was sure. the most surprising thing? <laughs> what was the most surprising thing you found? You know, building Parcel. <laughs>
0: I have this problem where my brain, like after I get past the problem, after I stop working on something, my brain's like, cool, we're done with that and immediately forgets it. And so I think it's the same thing with surprising things. But I think that the things that have stuck with me the most is how many quirks there are to email. Like I thought I knew them at the beginning of Parcel and I did not. I've continued to learn more and more and more from like awesome people and from experimentation. And I have been surprised also by how supportive people are and how, like, just how kind they are with when you're kind of when you're putting yourself out there and putting something you made out there. Because creating a product is a lot like making art, I think. Like, it's very much like, here's this thing. I hope you like it. Um, Like, and, you know, you're building it for someone and you you hope it's serving the purpose that, that it's supposed to. And people in the community have just been absolutely unbelievably kind and supportive and like sharing, you know, the product and the work and just like making connections. And it's just, yeah. So that's definitely been like the through line of like the most surprising thing is just people keep being kind and that's just amazing.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Who do you, who's been like the big contributors to the Parcel? Like I'm sure there's like oh, a few people that stick out in your mind. Like...
0: Jay has been absolutely amazing. He's been there since the beginning. Mark Robbins has been there. Megan has yeah. been absolutely amazing at Pathwire. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm like opening up Slack um, to, to see my... <laughs> kids. The feature it's, requests? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like um, there's Anthony over at Atwire has been great. The team over at uh, Willow Trees has been absolutely amazing like there's been so many people who have just been really kind and thoughtful with their feedback and generous. And so, yeah, I just, like, we, we could spend the whole time talking about all the amazing people I've had to talk with. <laughs> That's really cool.
1: I think what you're hitting on, though, I and mean, you can you can talk to this, you know, is that really, like, people felt Parcel, like, came into an email, like but, like, nothing was, like, an Atom for email. Yeah, You know, or, like, Atom or any of these, like, web development tools have, like, you know all these scripts and things you could do and in order to build an email, you know, to build web pages, But with email, we're just working on tables and, you know, da da, da, da. And, like, there's no way to quickly, like, bang out code the same way you can bang out code in other tools. So I think that's yeah. why, like, the whole, like, community, like, got so excited. Like, hey, there's someone making something for us. You know, like, let's help them. This is awesome. <laughs> like, not only that, it was just so open. You know what I mean? It's not like you have, like, other tools are like talking to the community and like trying to get as much feedback as possible. Like you were just like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing here, but I'm trying to do something, <laughs> you know? So like, yeah. here, tell me what you want, you know, like, let's put it in. Like, and that's exactly. you know, yeah. it was so refreshing. And I think that's why everyone was like jumping into it. Like we loved that, <laughs> you know, like, Holy cow. You're like, and, you know, and definitely that makes you the boy wonder, you know, <laughs>
0: It's just good people doing good things, you know, a hundred percent. yeah, like it it really is surprising how open the entire kind of like how, how much possibility there is right now to like help email developers because email is such a creative space. and it's it's got so many interesting constraints. I think that that's like one of the things that makes email interesting and frustrating to people who aren't in the space. Like when you ask a you know a, or someone who has no experience with email, whether they're coming from the engineering side, or, you know, from a completely different industry entirely, they don't understand the level of effort that goes into every email, like in every step of the process from like coming up with like the right, from the right, right workflows to the copy, right? To like the actual design, to code, to delivery, to tracking, to like re like there are so many steps. And so like what was interesting was also just like how much space there was to to help with just this one piece, right? Because there are so many, amazing companies in, this, in email that are working on the other really complicated pieces. And there's just so much complexity in this one piece, too. So, yeah, just a lot of fun to work on.
1: All right. So I think we kind of touched on this. But what do you love so much specifically about email? I mean, is it the people? <laughs> it's in, yeah. It's, I mean, you said you're 100%. actually looking for things to work on. You could have really done anything. Yeah. Uh, and then you're yeah, just like, like, yeah, let's build an email Editor. Yeah, uh, that my... was
0: a huge part of it. That was a huge part of it. Was like how amazing the people are and how many friends I would already made in this community. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to start from ground zero. I really like these people, and I like the problems, and I want to keep working on it. Also, email, like like I was saying, is full of constraints, and it also has so much potential to to drive value for the business, to drive value for the subscribers, because it's one of the last, if not truly the last, like open communication platforms right where no one owns it and where there are no kind of end-all-be-all controllers of the space and so i think that that's that's a really attractive thing in a problem is to kind of be building on this open standard and trying to help people who are kind of owning their own audience and trying to have just better communication just talk more with people you know like i really like that i really like communication tools in general and so email's I don't know. I just love it.
1: All right. So what do you do? What does your everyday look like at Parcel?
0: Every day is a little different. So up until just a few months ago, like it was just me working on Parcel, mostly on Parcel, sometime on consulting and contracting still to help pay the bills as the businesses continue to grow. But recently, I was able to bring on my first full-time employee, really great guy named Brian Bach, who's helping with the engineering side of things, which has been absolutely amazing with even with Brian, the day-to-day is just a lot of bouncing between things. Really depends on where the focus area is. So right now with the V1 launch coming up, it's a lot of thought around kind of the the marketing side of things, the design, the website, making sure documentation's in good place, making sure that all bugs are squashed or that, you know, when people sign up, they have a really good experience. But you know, just a month ago, it was a lot on the engineering side. So trying to figure and the product side, trying to figure out, hey, how do I, I help people kind of do less copy and paste and do more, spend more of their time at like actually creating the code that's useful and less time wrangling code that already exists, right? And so um, a lot of just thinking about that problem and then trying different solutions and implementing it. So it really does vary day to day. But one of the
1: biggest, right, yeah. I don't have this in the, you know, in the deck, but like what was the biggest challenges maybe that you didn't expect, you know, when you're building this tool?
0: I think a lot of the time has gone to areas that aren't like, the core value like trying to solve the problem of like email development is really hard but there's a lot of things that are around the tool around like that particular part of the problem that i've kind of learned to be just as as useful um just as important but like i didn't want to spend time on at the beginning something that i just added to parcel is like multiple workspaces so you can divide up You know, your if you're an agency, you know you can divide up your work by client, or if you're a team of folks for an internal brand, like you can do it by by brand, so you can break it up that way, or you could break it up by team member. But like that was something that was always on the back burner, and I didn't really kind of come to like you know finally like that the overwhelming customer voices kind of made it clear that this to be a really good workflow tool, there really is a lot to do to to streamline just the communication and collaboration aspects of that. And so I think that was that was a shift. That was a learning for sure.
1: Email marketers who run high volume email programs know that the ease with which you can make decisions impacts campaign success. And that's why OnGage made sure it's easy to act on, optimize and leverage your data. With OnGage, you'll be able to send your customers on personalized journeys based on the data from an action based dashboard and with in-depth reporting. To learn more, visit hillberg.com slash ongage and discover what ongage can do for you. Okay, so do you code emails yourself? Like, are you involved in code? I mean, obviously, you're you're preparing the tool for people to code. Do you actually code emails? And then if you do, what yeah. would be your five <laughs> tips to code emails?
0: Yeah, I do code emails. I don't do it as much now because you know I'm focused on the other side of the uh, of the problem but I definitely have people reaching out probably once every week or two for help um, and that's great because that lets me kind of get into the the harder parts right like less of the everyday and more of like the what is this weird bug and how do we not hit this bug again kind of problems um which is really really amazing like those are some of the best conversations that I have around parcel is like just the weird things you hit but i think the the number one tips that I that the things that I would call out for email um, is all accessibility focused, because that's where my brain is right now on like, you know, on the actual email coding side, which is like make sure your emails are accessible and it's really not too big of a checklist to to get into pretty good shape. So one, make sure your images have alt text. If they are an image that is kind of conveying information, make sure that you have a good description. If it's purely presentational just put an empty alt text and that will have it so that screen readers read it. Two, have kind of some structure. At minimum, just throw an H1, like when you have your header for the email, put that in an H1. That's going to help a ton. Number three, if you're using tables anywhere in your email, which you probably are, um, make sure you've got role equals presentation as an attribute on there. That makes it so screen readers aren't going to read it as a data table. Four, make sure that your links are descriptive. So click here, learn more. Those types of things are really tough on screen readers because they use links as kind of jump points. So they'll jump around. And unless you're reading the whole paragraph, that link click here doesn't give a lot of information. So if you describe it as read more in the documentation about this problem or you know, highlight what the link is actually going to be linking to, that's a lot better. And then five is just make sure that your colors have enough contrast. So soft grays look really good. Um, I do I, I run into this issue a lot where I'm like, oh, like this subtle gray, small text looks beautiful, but also if I take off my glasses, I can't read it. And so that means there are people out there who can't read it in general. And so just be mindful of people who have visual impairments. And you know, the more people who can read your emails, the, the better your emails are gonna perform. If you're cutting out a you know, a portion of your subscriber base, people who have expressed interest, who want your emails but who just can't access it or are too frustrated to access it because of these, you didn't make these small tweaks. It's a missed opportunity, right? So be ashamed to, to lose that, uh, that value right at the end of the line. For sure.
1: All right. And what do you find now the biggest mistakes or frustrations people have, you know, or your own mistakes?
0: <laughs> so I think that my biggest mistake in email, and there's a lot of like, Careful configuration that goes into email, right? Everything is kind of a balancing act between your code and your copy and the message, and also just the sending. And I remember right at the beginning of when I was sending emails, I had like a really good test domain that was great for me and terrible for everyone else because everyone else, it got blocked or spam. And for me, it just went straight into my inbox immediately. And I sent a message to folks using that domain instead of the production domain, instead of the right domain. And that was that was a sad moment because it was just like all this work, and it was like it was like sub one percent open rate because like everyone got spam, and I was just like, oh man, like this is just a rough moment. Yeah, that was definitely that was definitely a memorable one.
1: All right, now how do you see email changing? You know, I mean, you're like I feel like at the front line, like you see different things happening all the time, different feature requests. You know, so what what do you see happening?
0: I think we're going to see more more Creativity and more power done in the inbox. I know that that's been kind of the trend for years now, but you know, we've got interactivity, we've got AMP. Google does a really good job of figuring out hey, this stuff gets pulled out into your calendar when you have a flight. You know, Microsoft has their own flavor with, with their actions. I think that that's going to become more prevalent and we're going to be moving faster in the inbox. I'd like to see that. I think that's where things are going. Um, I know that there's some other awesome companies out there who are starting to work on that problem as well, making it easier and easier to, to for marketers to put that sort of activity into their emails. I think another big one is a change in the metrics that we're looking at, right? We've got the Apple change this year where we really can't trust open rates, but that's always been an issue, right? Uh, you know, there's always been uh, spam filters kind of creating fake opens and fake clicks. And so I think that, the more that we tie our success and our definitions of success to the bigger business metrics and kind of connect it further downstream, the, the better off, the more stable we're going to be. And so, I think that we're going to see a lot of movement there, especially with platforms like like Squarespace even getting into the email uh, game when they already have the website. So, if you are sending, you know, the marketing email and you're receiving the, you know, the click and you're doing that, like it's it's a simple thing to technically try to kind of track through and track the email through to the sale because you're not trying to integrate multiple platforms. It's just a single platform handling that. And so I think we're going to see more of that kind of better connection throughout the entire customer life cycle. And then this is just like a hope, but better timing for emails. So like whenever I buy something, probably a third of the time, I'll get like a coupon after I bought the thing. And that is just the most frustrating thing. And so just like better t- I'm just. This is a hope. I don't know if this is going to be, but better timing in our messages. So we're sending people the right message at the right time. Don't send me a coupon after I bought. Send me a coupon before I buy, or send me a thank you after I bought. Not. Don't make me feel silly for having spent an extra fifteen bucks. You know. Yes. Yeah, so you
1: think. think, you, that's, think that's gonna <laughs> you think that's going to get better?
0: I hope so. I, I do. <laughs> I have faith in us. But yes, yeah, that's something for sure. Yeah.
1: Anyway. All right. So, what are your proudest email achievements? I mean, you'd already like built a platform to send emails. There's something actually I forgot to say about the last thing you mentioned, but just in terms of uh, the one platform collecting all the data points, I just remember in my interview with Ross Andrew Paquette from Marrow Post, uh, basically what he's doing is trying to build like the e commerce platform with the customer service piece, with the email marketing piece, with, you know, so it's really like every data point a company could want.
0: Is that's all awesome. in one
1: place. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's not like using Apier or different tools to try to figure out how to integrate all these different things together.
0: Yeah, it's I all... think that's going to be huge, right? Like, that's just like a, just such a confidence boost in the work you're doing, right, when it's all connected that way.
1: Right, oh, for sure. Yeah, like, you know, it's reliable data. Like, the data points is so much more, yeah. Yeah, like, that's huge. That's like, huge. really clear. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. So what are your proudest email achievements?
0: Uh, well, I like Parcel. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't know if that's strictly in email, though. I'd say it is.
1: I mean, you could say I'm proud of, you know, like the platform I'm, you built. is. Totally, I'm pretty proud of that you know, one. That's a good one. And uh, yeah, no uh, one else can really brag about that. So.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. But I think that the thing that I'm proudest of in email has been like right at the beginning when I was helping my dad. So my dad is a podiatrist. He's had his own practice for for 30 years. And he wanted to do kind of just some, some marketing to kind of expand the, the people he was serving. And so we just started collecting emails from his patients and asked them to review him on a platform called Health Grades, where you can like find doctors. And pretty quickly, we got into the one of the top reviewed and the most of you doctors uh in like podiatrists doctors i think in general in like a hundred mile radius and i think that really like was a light bulb moment for me and i was like really proud that i was able to help him with that and also just like seeing the power of what you can do which is like a little bit of communication a little bit of email was really really cool that is really really cool
1: all right what are your favorite brands to see i mean you know the brands actually using your tool but does that make them your favorite i don't know but Uh,
0: that that definitely helps. Um, (laughs) It definitely helps. Um, But I think that BBC always has really cool stuff. You know, they're just some really beautiful emails and really cool examples of interactive emails. And lately. How cool is it for you?
1: You know, that you know that BBC is using your tool.
0: Uh, Thanks to (laughs) Jorum. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I mean, absolutely. That is the best feeling also is when you can like identify (laughs) that something came through, but also like, the work isn't like it's it's a proud one, but like the work is not mine. It's just really cool to see, like right now, but that I get to have like a little bit of like a thing, like you oh, have a fingernail oh, in it, whatever. And, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Fingernail's is a really good way to put it. <laughs> and I've been doing a little bit more shopping at REI lately, which is like a outdoors kind of. Yeah, yeah I know REI. Yeah. I've been
1: following them for a while. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I feel like I I subscribe to their to their stuff, and I've really been liking it. I just really like their tone. In, in their copy and you know they've got good imagery in their email. So I think that I've been a fan of theirs lately. Awesome. All
1: right. What are your favorite all-time campaigns mm. and why? Do you have okay. Any campaigns that stand out to you?
0: See. The more recently ish the the Google Nest interactive email was absolutely brilliant. I thought that was one of the coolest things that I'd ever seen an email. That was really cool to see the BBC Planet Earth one with that interactive accordion and the background changing was awesome. And then like there's like less on the marketing side, but more on like the transactional side. I my credit card once got stolen and I got a fraud alert from my bank in an email. And I was like, this is a 10 out of 10 email. Like that one stood out because it was like, <laughs> it was just like, this is really nice. Cause I didn't know I had, the, the credit card was gone, the information was <laughs> stolen. And like, like, okay, 10 out of 10 email. So that definitely that definitely stands out and just like as like a nice like a really powerful really good use of email as just like a regular person um you know not in email world like that one was just absolutely great um huge huge lifesaver on that one so yeah awesome
1: awesome yeah you should know bbc has come up a lot because uh, i ask this question all the time and nest actually yeah you're definitely not the first to mention that one so i have to check yeah. it out actually I yeah, feel great. as an email marketer, I missed something. <laughs> uh, well, they're,
0: I, they're both on really good emails, I believe. So, you know, they're...
1: Yeah, it's a great resource. And uh so to shout them amazing. out. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing how projects so small, you know, become so huge, you know, it's uh, yeah. good for them.
0: Yeah, I mean... Anyway, so we're up to amazing.
1: final thoughts of uh, Avi Goldman on Inbox. Mm. You
0: have the final floor. thoughts. Ooh, uh, when you said on inbox, my brain was like, okay, deliverability questions. Uh, <laughs> make sure that you're sending the right message at the right time, make sure people are interested. So now, so I think final thoughts. So one is really the space that I've been you know working on for the past year or more now is email coding. And a lot of people who use Parcel are not like traditionally you know software engineers, email developers. There are marketers who came in with no background, right, in the technical side, and I don't think that's uncommon. And I've had probably a dozen-plus people kind of let me know that Parcel helped them feel less intimidated in front of the code. And so I think that that's, like, the biggest thing is, like, don't let intimidation, like, don't, like, let that kind of fear of coding or really, like, any new skill kind of get to you. But, like, especially the coding side is just, like, it's a little bit scary, but it's very manageable and you can break it down into small chunks. So like, just give it a try. It's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things to spend my time on. So definitely give it a try. Definitely have some fun with it and don't be afraid to fail with it. Yeah, I think that's that's the main thing.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on. And uh, yeah, everyone can check out useparcel.com. That's actually the site. We never mentioned it, yeah, <laughs> but <a> good one. <laughs> yes. Go to useparcel.com and check it out. It's a great tool. To build There's emails good. and yeah but if you're a novice you know i can tell a whole cool story about myself i i come from a coding computer science degree so i had a computer science degree but that was like real you know we call it real coding and then you know it was like you know the other degree was like for web coding and stuff like that but yeah when i got to learn email it was just like we were using like drag and drop editors and stuff and then we make changes or actually we were buying this is going back to like 2012 probably but we were buying on envato like email templates yeah. and and when you make a change like oh you broke it even if you just yep. inserted your images and they weren't exactly the same dimensions as the images that were called for in the original template like you yeah. look like disgusting so yeah <laughs> when I I owe everything to Nicole Merlin because when she put out the mm. tooth about how to make emails that will be responsive in uh, in Gmail yeah you know, with it, without media queries like that was I went through that and I rebuilt our template in that code and then I was off to the races. I'm just like, all right. No more of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thanks so much uh, for having me.
1: For sure, thank you for building Parcel. And um, yeah, we're only 15% of the way there, you know? So there's a lot more to, the road is long ahead of us and uh, to the moon and back. Awesome. All right, awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. And that's our show for today. If anyone's interested in in becoming a sponsor for Inboxing, uh, you can in hillelberg.com slash sponsor. You can find all the information about becoming a sponsor. There's a lot of opportunity. And And that's our show for today. Have a good one.